0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Love Fruit Podcast and we have a fantastic guest again today, an 18-year raw vegan and a real 8 to 10 hen raw vegan, uh, what would you say, a real veteran of the 801010 10 10 movement. Um, this is Justin Lelia and Justin is currently living in Miami, Florida or at least near Miami, Florida and uh, he has a lot of experience, a lot of knowledge to share. Um so really looking forward to learning more from Justin. And I think the first time I met you, Justin, in fact, I know for sure that I met you at the Woodstock Fruit Festival, but I'd seen your name before. I think maybe even in the eighty ten book, I think your name might be mentioned in there. And uh I I you're a great musician as well, which is something we might talk about. And uh I also bumped into you a couple of weeks ago in when I was over in Florida and we had a couple of some <laughs> bo- we had some bowling you you were teaching me bowling which I, I never really learned the secrets to bowling so oh, man, I was I, I, I was doing a lot better than usual but um
1: you as good as me
0: <laughs> well I I'm sure I wouldn't be as consistent as you but um anything else you want you want to uh, introduce yourself or say anything further
1: Oh, well, I, I am an, an 80 10, 10 enthusiast, but um, I'm really into health, and I, I've always been enthusiastic about life, in my opinion. I, I can't say I'm any special more special than anybody, but I'm just um, – I'm a human being, and I've always loved people. I've always um, had a good disposition um, until I got sick, and it right. was a real surprise to get sick. You know, I you grow up, and everything's hunky-dory, and, and – I was, you know, I pinched myself a lot because, like, life was so good. I played sports um, every day from the time I could walk till I was a teenager. And then I got injured. I'm at 15. I, I, um, I had a, an accident. I had surgery. And I had a sports injury. And I had some things that all caused me to um, have to retire from athletics at a young age. And, and I still, at, I'm now 42. I've lived with this injury my whole adulthood. And um, it was um, remarkable how my life turned around. I I didn't expect to to become depressed um, ever. And there I was at, I think it was like 16. After my surgery at 15, I was hopeful. And then by the time a year passed, I realized that things weren't going to be good for my knee. And that that I was facing a long journey ahead that I would have to accept this odd scenario I had never really I never experienced injury before and and usually things heal but this was something that I couldn't figure out so I've lived with an injury my whole life uh, my whole adulthood after having a really good childhood and um, I was clinically depressed for seven years like where I was going to doctors and they were telling me like all the things you could imagine like when you're depressed you have this you have that you need to take this you need to take that but I was a bit of a free spirit, so I, I tried everything. And, and that's how I discovered raw foodism. And and after about six months of dabbling with nutrition, I discovered natural hygiene and that philosophy. And um, I adopted Dr. Graham as my teacher. I hired him. And I, um, I, I, I guess I'm an all-or-nothing type of guy, but I just – adopted the philosophy and that philosophy basically one of the tenets of, of a natural hygiene philosophy is basically don't do anything when you're sick and that's hard to wrap your head around just don't do anything so yeah. I, I know it's I'm, I'm oversimplifying of course by saying don't do anything but the the crux of what I'm saying by that is that a lot of times you just need to rest and And, and if you have symptoms of illness, um, don't, don't think like the medical model, your body will, will take depression. For example, if you were to use that axiom, don't do anything with depression, um, obviously it's, it's, it's oversimplifying it because you have, you have to do something, but what you don't want to do is, um, if you're thinking in a medical model, then you're just trying to be a chemist and either take drugs or herbs or mm-hmm. that's not natural hygiene. Natural hygiene is about building health. Yeah. Creating health. Yeah. So the things that I learned and I, and I do credit Dr. Grant for helping me. He's been my mentor since I discovered him in 2000. And I don't know why he took me under his wing. I did hire him on several occasions. I went to his retreats. I worked for him at his retreats. I went on tour with him, but you know, I, I was an athlete as a kid and he was an athlete and we became friends. And so I've kept in touch with him all these years on a weekly basis. And so I consider him, he's my only mentor when it comes to help. I don't look anywhere else and I don't create my own things To some degree, I have my own opinions, of course, and my own interests that are different than his. But when it comes to a lot of what I do, I just copied him. So when it comes to depression, I needed to get a hobby. That was one of the things, like find something to do with yourself. And so I played music. I had already had my hands on the guitar quite a bit, and I loved music growing up. But since I couldn't play sports, I played music a lot, and that's how I become became a better musician was through playing music every day for um, you know for about 20 years and that's like you know who would think that pursuing a hobby is going to like help your depression and and it and to what degree I don't know how it helped but when it came to the fundamentals of hygiene you know one for one getting sunshine on your skin um, daily and, and getting enough, not just like for a minute, but if possible, getting it for a good 20 minutes or more, like just getting sun on your skin so that you know it, you know, so it creates some kind of chemical reaction. So in New York, I would open my window and just like sit in front of the sun and and I would do it almost as if I was taking a drug. Yeah. And and, and of course, the diet, the, the hygienic diet, which is a high you know, when you, when you Dr. Graham synthesized you know, natural hygiene, didn't recognize the 80, 10, 10 concept because that terminology and that nutritional science, they like guys like Shelton weren't privy to that. They weren't talking. I, I mean, you can read all of Shelton's 40 more books and he's not going to talk about percentages of macronutrients. Right. So Dr. Graham synthesized that and, and, some of them might say, like, oh, who's Dr. Graham to come up with, you know, 80% or more of your diet coming from sugar? Well, what's your plan? Is it better? <laughs> like, like, what are you, you going to try for 20 years and then talk to me and write books about it and, like, put, your, like put it on the line? It's like, as some, this is, like, what bothers me. And it's, it's, I'm not pointing the finger at anyone, but it's like with yeah. anything, myself, too. You find something you're interested in, okay? So I'm going to take myself, for example. Yeah. My correspondence with Dr. Graham has influenced me in so many ways over the, the past uh, 18 years. But like in the past five years, he likes to um, post about his weightlifting. Yeah. And I would love to be a tennis player. I loved, I loved hockey growing up. I I don't really want to lift weights, but I can't play hockey and I can't play tennis. I can barely jog a mile unless you put a gun to my head. I got a bad knee. So finally, after corresponding with Doug for five years and patting him on the back, he was entering competitions and doing the deadlift and the the bench press, and he still does it, of course, and um, the squat. I decided to get a gym membership and seeing what I could do at the gym. So long story short... I've taken on the deadlift in earnest and yeah. And and it's like, you think like, okay, so I'm doing the deadlift. And what you find is that most people at the gym don't deadlift. And even some of the strongest guys at the gym will look at you or talk to you and say, that's dangerous. You don't want to do that lift. So there's all these influences coming from here and there that is trying that are like, discouraging or yeah. they're not like they're not like say pat you on the back and say oh yeah you're gonna figure it out because when you deadlift if you videotape yourself you're gonna make so many mistakes you're gonna look and say like man I look like I'm gonna hurt myself or that doesn't look like good form and if you're studying good form you're, you're, you're gonna compare yourself to what looks right if you look at like guys who have been doing it for 10 15 years you're like oh that looks right and I'm not doing it right so therefore I should just quit because I'm never gonna get it so you can compare that to, say, diet. So someone says, oh, my God, I love the idea of raw foods. It sounds so great. I'm going to try it. They try it for two weeks, and then all of a sudden you talk to them, how's it going with your diet? Well, you know, I have I discovered something a little better. You know, I need to do this instead. And you're like, I know, just when I talked to you two weeks ago, you, you acted like you found the fountain of youth. What happened in those two weeks that discouraged you, or two months, or, or – Two years, how did everything change? What happened? And you and everybody knows what happens. Life. Yeah. But what about the person who decides to stick with it? Because you know in 20 years from now, that person who, who left raw foods aside, chances are they're gonna be on to the hundredth new thing that they're gonna be doing. Like it's not it's just typical of they didn't need to find something. Or they've created their own, like when you talk to them, they they have their own method. They haven't adopted someone else's method. Now it's like, yeah, I eat raw foods, but I also eat meat once a week because (laughs) I need to get um, my B12. And so they synthesize their own program because of this person, that person, and and all the influences that come into their life. And that's fine. But some people like to have one coach – I mean, I'm sure there's more than a few great athletes who've had, like, one coach for their career or they stayed with one organization. People generally get attached to, like, Doug's my friend, he's my mentor, and I'm running with this program. Mm
0: -hmm. I'm
1: not a scientist. I don't work in the industry. But you've been to events. Mm-hmm. How many people are like like screaming off the rooftops about how good this program works, whether or not they they even know how to like explain it to you? Sure.
0: sure.
1: So it's like that's that's what irks me. It's Absolutely. like I don't care. Like sure. Like you can look around and like I respect. You know, some people would look at me and be like, "Oh yeah, okay." So you got your diet down. There's other areas that I've 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 been indecisive about. Yeah. You know, I. I didn't really pursue a career. I was just, I was in, I had problems with my health since I was a teenager. I had clinical depression for seven years after, like, a happy childhood. I was lost for, for much of my life. When I discovered raw foods, I was just, like, zoned in. I was like, I want to be that. I found someone to look up to. I mean, I'm not the only one who, who looked up to, to Dr. Graham. I mean, like, we talked about it earlier. Harley, he was at Doug's retreats. Um, Harley's ex-girlfriend um, I yeah, forget her name Freely Freely <laughs> they were at Doug's retreats sitting in Doug's lectures following Doug creating businesses based around the hygienic principles for years Fully Raw Christina
0: mm-hmm.
1: Chris Kendall um, Jesse Bogdanovich mm-hmm. um, and then like a, a at least another hundred people that probably have websites and businesses have come through Doug's retreats and they've all done the same thing. They found someone who had some principles and sound principles, the sunlight, getting exercise often, um, you know, eating a high carb diet, eating vegetables. And so they ran with it. So it like worked like a charm, but for those people that, um, don't stick with something or i'm not generally generally saying that they don't stick with anything but don't underestimate how challenging it is to do this diet yeah that's right. that's like what i want people to know is like you think that like I, I go into the gym and i'm like dude it's just it's just a barbell with some weights on, it on the ground like how hard could it be to just pick it up you know okay so you pick it up well, what happens when you start challenging yourself and you put on just like towards the limit of like what you can actually do? You find out that your form just totally like just like sucks. Yeah. You're Your like, back's all hunched over. And when I show people, like I show Dr. Graham my video of me doing a deadlift at like maybe uh, close to my max. And he was like, oh, you should use your legs. You'll get a lot more power from that. And I was so upset. I was like, he's so right. Like, why am I using my back when I'm deadlifting like? Because I don't know, I don't have any experience. Yeah. I don't like, because it's challenging. Yeah, The raw food diet is very challenging and it's a lot more challenging than people will admit to.
0: Absolutely. And here's what I, I want to
1: imagine.
0: And we were talking, you're talking about the challenges, you're talking about people that try it for a while and fall off. And I think that a lot of people have a challenge because they don't really know what it actually means to eat a raw diet. And what I want to ask you is, what does it look like for you to eat a raw diet on a daily basis? Um, I know that it probably changes around the year, but what is a typical day for you? The banana is the, the the biggest staple in my diet. I
1: eat a I eat a meal with which consists of banana every day for the eight, the past eighteen years. For breakfast, sometime between ten a.m. and two a.m., I eat a meal of bananas. Yeah, it's enough that. I think I'm going to be full, like, for the rest of the day. Like, it almost feels like I've just eaten – I've stuffed myself to the <laughs> point where, like, I'm good. You know, like, there's, yeah, there's yeah. Like, someone comes up to me like, hey, Justin, I have this, like – I have some mango here. Like, if I go out an hour later, I run into somebody, got, like, mango, and they're like, hey, you want to try this? I'm usually like, no, I'm good, man, Thanks." Oh, just try it, please. I'm like, I'm so full. Like, if you <laughs> give me that? I'm afraid I might just like, you know, you know like I'm, just, I'm done. Like, I'm, 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 I filled up. I'm satisfied. And of course, I'll still eat some mango. I'm, I'm, I'm being a little funny here, but you want to be full, you know, like when you eat that meal. And I'm not, I'm not, I never snack. I don't snack between breakfast and my next meal, which happens to be dinner. I don't eat lunch. I eat breakfast, I eat a huge breakfast um i so, counted calories for maybe like a year back in the day right but I, right. I, I, I know i'm at the point where i i know how to maintain i stepped on a scale probably for like two years every day i did that whole business and i weighed myself and i counted calories so i did the groundwork but now i have the feel of what it is to maintain the weight that i want to maintain
0: yeah
1: yeah so i'm not discouraging anybody from being like from counting calories or using a scale or anything like that. But, you know, I do what you got to do, like, so that, it, you you know, yeah,
0: so that you don't, you know, so you
1: don't fall off the wagon.
0: Well, that's a great point as well. We'll get into that in a second. I'll just take a note of that. But um, in terms of that banana meal, are you eating that as individual bananas? Or are you making a smoothie? Are you filling a whole jug up?
1: I consider that I live in Miami. Like, it's 80-something degrees right now. And, like, uh, you know, I'm not drinking, like, I'm not getting up religious and I'm like, oh, I got to drink 16 ounces of water. I, I, like it's like some kind of pill in the morning. No. <laughs> if I'm thirsty, yeah. Maybe I'll drink some water, but the dinner time, like if you, when we get to my dinner, you'll know why I don't need to drink water in the morning. It's because I'm eating like a shit. Oh, excuse me. I'm eating <laughs> vegetables. <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I'm satiated. I'm, I'm, I'm h- hydrated. Yeah. Never, oh, like, I don't get up and say, okay, like I need to have my lemon water because no, that's not that's not the way I was taught.
0: I like that. I, like I that. might
1: drink some water like if I'm thirsty, but I I drink a lot of water at my meal time. I go on with my business during the day. Dinner comes. Like today I'm thinking about dinner. I have something to do tonight. I actually have a day off from work, so like tonight I'm like I got a plan. I want to watch a couple of shows on TV. I like to watch Jeopardy. <laughs> I, I got work I work I bowl in a league one night a week and then I'm working in a restaurant four nights a week. So I don't get too many nights where I get to chill out, you
0: know? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I already did some I already went to the gym and I did some great work at the gym. I rode the bike. I have some homework to do. And tonight I'm gonna have a nice dinner. So a typical dinner that I'll have when I'm when I'm home and I can make something is, I'll have some kind of. Um, it's not a sweet meal. It's not like durian or banana or figs or dates. No, now I'm thinking like, I, I want to get like, I want to make sure I have enough fuel for tomorrow morning when I want to go to work and I want to like look really good on the job. I want to make sure I'm like energized.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I'm gonna eat. About two pounds of fruit. And I'm, tonight I have blueberries and raspberries. Yeah. So I'll eat two pounds of blueberries and raspberries approximately. I'll eat enough until I know that like, okay, that did the job. And then I'm thinking vegetables. So I'll, I'll take out a big bowl. I'll cut up a few heads of romaine lettuce. I'll throw that in the bowl. And then I'll, I'll take I – I bought some peppers that were cut up, some ripe peppers. I'm going to throw that in the bowl. And then I'll, I'll make a dressing. So the dressing is going to be tomatoes. I have some English peas, raw English peas, tomatoes, English peas. I'll take some oregano that I have that I grow out in the yard, mm-hmm. cut that up, and um, blend it up with some tahini and maybe like, a, like um, a half orange in there to make it a little sweeter. And when I put that on top of the salad – the last thing I'm thinking about is cooked food. I'm like totally like I just like live for this stuff, man. This stuff is so good. Like, I'm telling you, man, people are missing out, man. If you're not like eating a huge salad with fruit in the evening, like, and you're eating cooked foods, like,
0: that's awesome. man. I don't know how
1: people do it. <laughs> because the problem, man. Man, God bless people, man. God. If you never got injured and you never had an injury, like I live with a bum knee. If I think about it, I'm like, oh, man, it sucks. Like I got a bum knee. It hurts. If I didn't have this bum knee, I'd probably be eating pizza. So I understand. I understand like cooked food. But, but man, I wish – perhaps perhaps I'm underestimating myself. If I didn't have the bum knee and I was eating this diet, man, I would be some hell of a tennis player, man. I would. I would just be out there running and doing sports and just killing it, man. Like, I'm, t- I'm telling you, my energy is, like, through the roof. Right. And because I'm not eating, like, dude, if you eat, like, a couple, mm-hmm. say me like, three slices of pizza at night, first of all, it's going to suck on the way out. It's just going to hurt. It just hurts. And it just Man, it takes so long to digest too. Like you're not going to get the energy like you need to crush it if you want to be like, say you're like a professional tennis player. God bless these guys who are like you watching. Like, holy cow, look how great Djokovic is out on the court, man. He's so fast. Well, first off, that guy actually does eat relatively clean, yeah, compared to most people. But I'm sure this is a little bit off on a tangent now. You listen to some of the greatest athletes on YouTube talk about nutrition, and they'll be like, oh, don't get crazy now, because like, once in a while you've got to have a pizza. And I'm thinking to <laughs> myself, like, dude, like, you were like Mr. Olympia. Like, this one guy, Tom Platt, he, was, he came in, like, third place in Mr. Olympia. It's, like, the greatest bodybuilding competition in the sure, world.
0: Sure.
1: And he, here he is talking, like, about how, like, you got to eat pizza once in a while. First off, when he was competing for the Mr. Olympia – I doubt he did that. Cause these bodybuilders who like are in the top 1% in the world bodybuilders, they're obsessive people. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Like they're training their hearts out at the gym, doing things you would can never imagine things we'd get hurt trying to do. Yeah. They're not eating pizzas. They're like, they are counting every single calorie. They're trying to win like, you know, a hundred thousand dollars at these competitions. They're like living for this. So now like, but it's so cliche to be like, Oh yeah, you gotta have a cheat day once in a while. And I'm like, no way man like first off I don't want to digress into my illness and have pain in my knee and and secondly I love these powers that I have like I love training hard I I love I have day to day I have things that I'm striving for and like I don't want to get in the way of that I believe I'm eating could there be a little bit of a better way than the way I'm eating like maybe I, I should eat um Instead of eating so many bananas, maybe I should eat more of like say mamey. i don't I, i'm not i'm not nitpicking the diet like I, I'm eating eighty ten ten most of my calories come from carbohydrate, and there's other principles involved in eighty ten ten too so I'm not eating stimul like i'm not adding like some would say like okay, you can add salt to your diet because that's not going to skew the eighty ten ten ratio sure. So how does that come into tel- to play with 80 10 10? Well, 80 10 10 isn't just about the macronutrients. There's a lot of other parameters to it. Like we don't include salt in our diet because salt is bound to chloride and and like when you like ne- salt that comes from the sea is not the same thing as salt that comes from the vegetables in yeah. the romaine lettuce and look at the half tonight. And I'm not a scientist and I don't know the terminology to like how and why that works, but these are things that I decided to believe in and <laughs> you call that what you want. Like I have right. faith that I don't ever crave uh, salt. I have salt here because I have some guests that come into my apartment and I don't ever think like, Oh wow, I, I'm craving that. I, I'm going to have something salty tonight and I'm so satisfied with that. And I'm also satisfied by my discipline of like not needing to eat salt because there's, you can go online and, and speak to every like one out of like two doctors is going to tell you don't add salt to your food. So my belief is merited. It's not just like, I'm not like a flat earther here.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Right. Man. I mean, come on. It's like, I mean, people are just like, they're, they're just so busy hemming and hawing about, they're so indecisive about like their decisions. It's like they don't have enough reasons. Like, God bless people. Again, like if you have good health relatively, like God bless you. Like if you can get away with eating the way you want, good. But if you really want to be intelligent and outsmart your c- competition in sports, which a lot of people aren't athletes, but business, on your job, if you want to be, have a better disposition, just like follow a, a good diet. Sure, you may not fit in like you think you should. Like I'm an outsider in like so many cases. but when it comes to my interpersonal relationships one-on-one I, 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 I'm proud of my ability to listen to people and to care about people and to and to sometimes entertain them.
0: <laughs> Excellent man. No that's I, I, I think you're, you're you're talking about being enthusiastic about life your enthusiasm really does come across and I, I can really tell that you do have the energy you're talking about and what I can see from your diet is it reminds me very much of the way that Doug eats as well, Dr. Doug Graham. Um, you've got the big, you've got the first meals, of big, you basically eat two meals a day, a big meal of often bananas or maybe maybe quite a lot of bananas.
1: There's always something else with that banana meal because I, I just, I mean, I can eat a meal of bananas like, like Doug. He likes yeah. to just eat bananas. But I, I like to have like, so right now I have mame. have all these mame here? Excellent! Excellent. I mean, it's the, I mean, the bananas are great, but but even that, know that, like bananas from Thailand. When you were in Thailand, you had some great bananas, right?
0: Yeah, but you can get yeah, and even in Florida, there was great bananas as well.
1: But you go to the supermarket and you buy bananas, which I have here. I can make a meal of them, and they're not bad. But, dude, I mean, sometimes it's great to have bananas and mamey, mamey, or, like, bananas and durian or bananas and blueberries or bananas and mangoes fresh from the tree, bananas and jackfruit. That's the way I do it, just because I'm not as monk-like, perhaps, as Doug. And believe me, Doug isn't that monk-like, you know. Doug (laughs) is for food-combining sweet fruits. But generally, the banana – is a part of that first meal, yes.
0: I think you, you've, you've kind of taught us a lesson there. If we just go back to your, your fruit rack, can, can you turn the camera around and show us again? You're actually, this is something that I see a lot of people have as well. They're org, they're kind of organized. They've got their fruit ripening. They're thinking ahead. So that is a massive, <laughs> that's a massive uh, shelf of support you you support. Right there. There's probably very few people in the world that have a shelf of Miami's support you like that in their house. That's brilliant, man.
1: I'm committed, man. Like, I mean, <laughs> I'm not joking, man.
0: <laughs> Excellent. Excellent.
1: Like, like, I, like, I'm... Like... I'm not trying to... Um, like, if, if there were, like, any raw fooders out there that kind of are on this, like... How else are you supposed to do it? Period. Like... I don't want to be running to the store every day to get my sweet fruit meal when I can save like a half an hour by just like committing to it. I know what I'm going to be. I've been doing this for 18 years. I know what I'm going to be eating next week. Bananas and mamey. <laughs> right. yeah. I'm, like, I'm not like people be like, oh, don't you get bored of eating bananas and mamey? My life is exciting. Yeah. I'm I right. in Miami, Florida. Like I, I have so many things to do. And, and and even sometimes, like, I don't even have any children either, and my life is still exciting. I mean, like, there's so many things to do, even as a single guy. I still have tons of things to do. I'm 42 years old. I have a bum knee, and I can't play sports. There's still so many things to do.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: You could be in a wheelchair, and there's still so many things to do. Then be crying about, oh, like, aren't you going to be bored of eating healthy food? Like, what, what, what are you living for? Are you, like really that into pizza like it's not even that good
0: (laughs) yeah absolutely
1: i mean dude like the meal i'm gonna eat tonight i would never trade that for for pizza or even like half the stuff people eat at these raw food restaurants i don't even go to the raw food restaurants i'd rather just make my food and eat it here yeah but dude but as far as the raw food restaurants go if someone wants to go to a raw food restaurant with me if i'm dating a girl and like I'm trying to like she wants to go to a restaurant I'm there mm, mm. I may bring two pounds of strawberries with me but I'm there <laughs> <laughs> I don't like to mess up how good I feel you know like I'm religious in that way you know so people could hold that against me but you wouldn't hold that against like if you go to the, if you go to the restaurant with Robbie Barbaro yeah and he says like hey I have diabetes so like I don't eat that stuff. Can, do you mind if I eat my mangoes first? You're not going to be like, Robbie, I'm offended because, you know, now I'm looking like, at yeah, myself. I should be doing that, and I feel ashamed, so you have kind of hurt my feelings. No, you just like, Robbie, I pat you on the back. I realize you're committed to this, and you like the way you feel, and I don't want you to
0: go into a coma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't absolutely. want
1: to with arthritis, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, brilliant. I love <clears throat> Yeah, you're... you're that's you made a really good point there, which is people probably say like people say, it "Isn't raw food boring?" But what you're really saying is, you know, if if food is the only exciting thing in your life, and there's something wrong with your life, really, and raw food is gonna help you have a more exciting life, I guess, in a way.
1: Yeah, I think it, it it almost says something about it. Just. They're not hungry enough for like to be raw, like, or to be, they're not hungry enough to be, um, they're not like, they don't have a, mis- a need to take it to that level, you know, yeah. that's fine. But, but man, it's so liberating to be past all that. i dealt with that. I had to deal with that in the transition. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like mm-hmm. a transition onto this diet. You can imagine like, it's not going to happen overnight. It's like you discover raw foods and like, you know, one week, I haven't met anybody that that like is in the game right now. Like, if you talk to Christina or you talk to Chris Kendall, I don't think they transitioned overnight or even a week. I'm sure in like year one or year two they they, they tasted some cooked food or maybe they had a cooked food meal, mm. and they had to learn again. Like, oh wow, you know the cooked food meal does sit well with me.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And you've spoken to a lot of people. I mean, how many people that are still involved in the raw food game after five years that you know for some reason, like, you know, you have three or four guys that you know really well that did it overnight.
0: Yeah, there's, there's definitely not that many. I mean, I do think the vast majority of people are, you know, it, it's a, it takes a transition and it takes time. But there are some people that do claim that they did it overnight. And um, I think... Usually, there are people that have a mentor or someone that's he- really helping them with it. It's not something that people can do. I don't think it's something easy to do on your own. But I I do I, I think that as well. I think very few people do it overnight. I know that Doug's, all, Doug's always said,
1: "Between me and you, let's yeah. take yourself as an example." So you discovered raw foods when? Two thousand what? Two thousand ten?
0: Well, when I actually took it seriously it would be two thousand and eleven, but. If you're talking about when did I discover the concept, it would have been when I was a child and I heard a lady on the radio talk about it and it made sense. I mean, that's like a decade, 15 years before I even – in fact, it was probably nearly 20 – could have been 20 years before I, you know, really kind of thought about it. So,
1: When did you start practicing raw foodism?
0: 2011 is when I started to experiment with it. When yeah. did
1: you actually become All Raw? Or how long did you streak now that you've been All Raw?
0: When I went All Raw was, um, so I started about September 2011. And in August 2012, so about a year later, I was at Woodstock Fruit Festival, and that's when I kind of committed to staying raw. Uh, so that whole year I'd been on and off. But um, I've, so I've been raw since two thousand and Twelve now, but I did have a six-month period where I fell back onto cook food, and then went raw again. So it wasn't consistently raw for the entire time.
1: Did you? So what happened in those six months? Like, like, I mean, like, how would you explain that? That, that...
0: yeah, um, there was what happened. There was a moment where I had an abscess in my mouth because of some kind of. Dental thing, and um, an infection in my mouth, and I got a bit sick a little bit, and I didn't want to eat anything. Like I didn't feel like eating anything. My like my uh, uh, my desire to eat kind of went away. Yeah, and I guess that's a sign to fast, but I I kind of struggled with that a little bit. So I was looking for something to eat and i didn't want to eat fruit i didn't want to eat, i really didn't want to eat anything but uh i thought maybe i could have some sugar i don't know why i thought that but i was not making the right decision <laughs> not had hadn't eaten for a while so wasn't making a great decision um and i thought I'll, I'll have some kind of drink with sugar in it and it was weird it was like so it was just a gradual step by step process of making one bad decision and then trying something else out and then seeing what something else tasted like. But one of the things as well I would say, we're we're talking about salt a little bit, was that I'd let a little bit of salt into my diet where I was having maybe kale chips from like a a packet once in a while. Or, um, yeah, that that would usually be what it was, like kale chips or some kind of raw thing that had salt in it. And so I was starting to develop a taste for salt again. And... That was another thing that made me because if you're designing salt, then it's like you want anything with salt on it, so yeah that was so that's the mistakes that I made, and what I've, what I would say to you as well is when you're talking about doing it overnight, so the second time I went raw, it was just as hard and took me just as long, so it took me almost a year again <laughs> or six months from going back onto cooked food. Very quickly realizing I don't want to do this, this doesn't feel good, and it took me like six months to get it back out of my life. Which is that's that's why I really I, like yourself, I, I really want to stay strict with it because I can fall back so easily, and it's very hard for me.
1: Even six months is like a long time to stick with a goal, you know? yeah. Like, typically, like people only stick with a goal for less than a week, you know. So, six months of like constantly banging your head against the wall and like you're trying to do something that's odd. You're kind of alone maybe in doing yeah. yeah. But okay. So maybe I've exaggerated, you know, by saying the transition could take years, but I think for me, when, when I was depressed, um, one of the causes of my depression must've been some kind of eating disorder because when <laughs> I transitioned to raw, which you hear many people talk about, I mean, often hear women talk about eating disorders, but the first seven years of raw foodism, I would all of a sudden just like binge on a pizza and I didn't give a crap where it was from. I
0: uh-huh. would just
1: go to, I would go to Domino's and just get a pizza. And, and please, I hope no one does that. Um <laughs> to talk about something negative, but I'm just being honest. And so there I was, I would go get the pizza and it was just simply to just numb myself out. I might as well have been a heroin addict. It's like a classic drug addict behavior. It's like you're just trying to numb yourself out. And so you eat the the pizza. I'm not saying I ate a whole pizza, but I ate enough that I was full and I I wasn't even satisfied. And then I just like was like, oh, fuck, you know, I'm full. I'm hurt. And I just lay around. And then I'm like, man, why did I do that? Like, why don't I just stick with it? I didn't know how to do it. Hmm. So I spent the first few years like trying to get my self-esteem up. Mm-hmm. And that's, for many people, you'll find that they come to raw foodism because they're sick. They may have depression. They may have other illnesses that cause them to be sad. And they have eating disorders. And so trying to learn how to, you know, correct your eating behavior, like any like anything, you have to somehow get encouragement from outsiders, find a way to... Um, I hate to sound so cliche, but love yourself more. You yeah, know? for me, like it was the guitar and and uh, music. Of course, I enjoyed music. I, I wrote. I took a lot of pictures. I shared pictures with my friends on social media. I, I, I wrote a little bit about raw foodism and fitness. Man, yeah. there's so much to talk about in the world of fitness. I mean, even for someone like who can't like play sports, because I grew up, I was always playing sports, and I, I was was envisioning myself being like a ball sport type of person, whether it be hockey, soccer, lacrosse, football, um, baseball, uh, tennis. And then like to lose that ability now to be into bowling. Like I was into bowling so much that, you know, I was, um, would go to the bowling alley three times a week and spend two or three hours there how am I going to have time to be depressed? <laughs> you know I mean? like I, it's like, that's the thing. Is like, you don't go to the doctor and like, they don't prescribe like, listen, I want you to pick anything out there and I want you to, um, dedicate eight hours a week to it. Like obsessively. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like see what that, no, they don't do that. Mm-hmm. But like, maybe they should.
0: Be an interesting way to, yeah, I think there's a lot of interesting little techniques and stuff that people don't think about. Um,
1: It's like
0: it's got to be something like you're excited about. I mean, can I ask you a little bit? A a little bit. We're we're talking about him a little bit, but I want to ask you about your experiences with Doug Graham and your opinion on of him as a teacher, as a you know, as a coach, as a mentor, and your experience of being at his events and things like that. How important was all that in your journey to going raw vegan?
1: Well, first off, I want to say that the whole idea, like, um, first, I love Doc, Doc, Dr. Graham, and I'll talk about him in a second, but I was reading an article by a famous fitness teacher. His mm-hmm. name is Dan, Dan John, and it was about how to bring about consistency in your, like, in your weightlifting.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: the first thing he said was, like, to have a mentor. Right. I mean, geez, like, having a mentor... I mean, take, take kids. For example, my niece is into acting. She has an acting coach. She's like 13 or 14. She has an acting coach and the acting coach is really enthusiastic about my niece. Mm-hmm. And she's like all oh, excited. She's like, Oh, I want Brooke. I want to meet with Brooke more often. And, and, um, a good mentor is like very excited about what they're doing. And that, and that excitement is rubs off on your on the students
0: right you know
1: yep i've taught a lot of guitar lessons and like when i see myself with a student i'm always like wow i I don't realize how excited i am about guitar sometimes and then like you see yourself with someone like you haven't heard led zeppelin before (laughs) are you kidding me like and you're just like i mean it's like anybody because because there you have someone who's actually showing interest in what you're interested in yeah you know you ran into someone in the street who's like hey I just discovered raw foods. Like you could sit with them for three hours.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: You know, and like, <laughs> and how are you going to have time to fail when you're so buzzed? Because like your mentor is just like pumped like enthusiasm into you. So like Dr. Graham, I don't care what anybody says about him. He's very enthusiastic about his interests. <laughs> right? Like you hang out with Dr. Graham, like, He's, he's excited about life. Like, I know people might question, like, there's been, you know, i follow followed Dr. Graham closely since I met him. So I've seen things happen online. Like, for instance, he had issues at his fasting retreat, and he had issues with Harley, and, like, people talk about him. And it's like, sure, if you're in the limelight, you know, people are going to talk about you. But you can only imagine, like, how many people are saying good things about Dr. Graham. I mean, for any person that says something bad about Dr. Graham, there's a thousand that are gonna say something good about him. Hmm. And it just so happens that, like, you know, a few people came online and said negative things about Doug. And and I can see why Doug is Doug is he's stubborn, he's he's he could be opinionated, but if you're on his side, man, he's just he's a dream, man. He's a great friend, he's very enthusiastic, he's very smart. Like intimidatingly smart. Like, how many times did you teach Dr. Graham something? <laughs> like the guy knows so much. It's like kinda hard, you know. It's almost like it's kinda sucks. It's like you wanna just teach like I hung out with him one summer for like uh, nine weeks straight. I went on tour with them and and I brought my guitar with me, so I was always playing my guitar. And like that's something he doesn't really know a lot about. But he actually can play a little guitar, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And he's he's the type of guy, he's not He's not so uppity that he, he's not willing to learn something new, you know. He's, he's – he's I think that Doug has plenty of humility, but he's a big-time dude. Like, he knows a lot about a lot of things. He's very busy, and he could be off-putting to some people. But if you're his student and, like, you actually hired him, man, he gives you a lot for what you – what you pay for
0: yeah yeah
1: i went to his events where i like in the beginning i put my money down I was like, i'm going to your event full price i don't care and i was so impressed i was so thrilled i learned it formed my life in ways that i'm still religious about what he taught me i took what he gave me i worked it into my life and here i am that's what's like that's what i started off like with this frustration because it's like you don't see people who like have have a program. Like, yeah, I've been doing this program for 20 years. Like, You often find people who are coming into raw foods, like I've tried this, that, and the other thing. It's like, okay, so why don't you try this for like a good year, and then let's talk about it. Don't mm-hmm. just try it for two weeks and then go on to the next thing because you're enthusiastic about it now. Why don't you hire a mentor? Again? Yeah. And that could be anyone. It could be Ronnie. It could be Chris Kendall. It could be Christina. As long as they have some of the fundamental principles of hygiene, You may not be able to afford Dr. Graham or you may not be able to fly over um, to go to like a festival in Thailand or the UK, but maybe you can find a a festival that's like, you
0: know, in your region. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Go there. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about events and festivals and, you know, did you have a good time at these different events? Did it help you to meet other people that were doing it? Did you enjoy the experience?
1: The festival... festival I would still be going to festivals religiously. Um, it's, it, well, first off, the festivals are great. They're wonderful. Um, the, the the Woodstock Fruit Festival was awesome. Uh, the food was great. The amenities were outstanding there. Uh, and they do have some good speakers there. Dr. Graham's events, I loved. They were they were um, very structured. Doug is the main act at his... He teaches you his program. I went to uh, his events. He has like his main event is called uh, Health and Fitness Week. I went to that weekly event for six straight years. And um, that's where I really learned how to do Mm 80-10-10. But I went to a couple other events intermittently that he gave. So I spent a lot of time with him. And spending time with your mentors – there's there's something you get from that that you can't get from reading books and watching videos and and listening to audio. You just like actually being there with the person and seeing how they how they talk to other people and, and some of the interactions you have with them. Those I treasured those.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: And like I know, like part of even now, like there's a part of me that wants to be at the UK Fruit Fest. Trust me. Mm -hmm. um and like i fantasize about it sometimes like oh yeah it'd be great because like i'd be there like and like i'd get to see doug again and and i know it's a great event because i i I could tell like i could tell by who's presenting at the event like i know the types of people that i'm interested in like people who have humility and they're kind and and i've met them before and I just, you know, it's just not, it's not something I can do right now.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the the Woodstock Festival you were at, and that's where I, that's where I met you really. And um, we played some guitar together and different stuff. What was your, that was a bit different, I guess, to go into one of Doug's events. How did, yeah, the how was Woodstock
1: that Festival is, is more like a vacation
0: mm-hmm.
1: than, than, a, um, than a camp. Like, yeah. When you go to camp, you're thinking like okay like nine o'clock there's i'm gonna go to this class and then at like 11 we're gonna have lunch and then like the woodstock fruit festival is more free and not like not it's not like woodstock like the concert (laughs) (laughs) it's not like that i mean i'm sure there's a couple people off in the woods you know (laughs) but it's more structured and, and there's a lot more freedom you don't like there's not one speaker there's like 10 and they're all talking at different times like they're all talking like simultaneously and you can go to any like 10 different speakers at any given time, or you can just go swimming. There's so many things to choose from. And that's, that's wonderful in its own regard. And I wouldn't mind doing that again, but um, it all depends on where you are in life. You know, if you're a beginner and you want to learn, then go to an event that's structured and you're going to get the education you need. Like go to the UK fruit fest and listen to the lectures, like go to the the main presenters and like follow them around and, and follow around. Um, you know, if you want to be a chef, then follow around when the chef talks, because they're going to teach you some great things. Like, sure. you know, I, I'm really partial to Dr. Graham. I'm sorry. Like, a, <laughs> believe me, like I, if, 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 if there's going to be a time when God forbid, Dr. Graham passes away, like Christina is wonderful. I would go to Christina in a GIF and like, Learn from her, you know. She'll teach you great things. Uh, I would go to Chris Kendall's event. Like I noticed, Chris did a event in Costa Rica. Man, I would love to go hang with Chris in Costa Rica and learn from him if I was a newbie. Sure. Chris is awesome, man, and he he's been, he's strict um, about his health. You know, Chris does the diet differently, and that's fine. But Chris has a great ethic for health and fitness. And I'd be there in a second. And I love Chris. Like he's a friend of mine. Um I, I don't know too many other vets. I, I know the UK Fruit Fest, of course. Like if if Doug wasn't at the Fruit Fest, I would still go because I know there's people there who are hygienists, you know, and that's what I'm into.
0: What about in your area? I mean, a lot of people would think that Florida and Miami is maybe a hotbed for raw foodies and fruitarians and stuff like that. Do you know a lot of people doing raw veganism in Miami?
1: Um, Not not a lot. I know a lot of people who are associated with, they know of raw foodism. Mm. Generally, I, I mean, if I think of like, for every hundred people, like maybe like one, like point, like 1% is like raw food, you know? Like it's like, yeah. it's just, it's like one out of a 1,000 people might be into it, and that's, and that's a stretch. It could be like one out of like 50,000. Sure. And when I say into it, that's like, okay, I'm not just talking about someone who's like just discovered it in the past year because like until like I like the people who are commi- – when people discover raw foodism, there's that ideal, period, Go raw and you just eat fruits and vegetables. I want those people. I like there's something interesting about that that simplistic idea. It's like they're not all of a sudden now like have to have salt and garlic at every single meal, but they still are raw. No, that's not the way I was. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for like real purists,
0: sure, sure.
1: And not to say I'm like prejudiced against that, but the whole concept of natural hygiene is what i'm interested in is like i'm not searching for my foods to be medicine i'm sorry to um what's the guy's name who 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 um hippocrates who hippocrates okay everyone like throws that quote around like it's like oh god spoken you know let food by, be thy medicine no <laughs> food is not medicine people bananas are not medicine and i'm not eating food to i'm not thinking as soon as I discovered raw foods, I realized I didn't need medicine anymore. Why am I going to treat food like medicine? Why, I, yeah. You discover raw foodism and you start eating raw. And you're like, wow, I feel healthy now. Why do you want to eat medicine now? Hmm. It's it's a, it's a paradox. You're not trying to eat food as medicine. You're trying to eat food to get the best source of fuel so you can crush things. <laughs> <laughs> You can, like, go to the bowling alley and bowl your heart out. You can go play golf, like, two times a week if that's what you fancy. You could be a basketball player and play every day. You could – what is it you like to do? You want to be a runner? Go run. You, like, be competitive. Like, I mean, tell me what more there is. If you're a filmmaker, then you're obsessed with making films. If you're a guitar player, then you're, you're making guitar music. You're not, like, thinking, oh, man, how am I going to get – um. An anti-back, I got to get an anti-inflammatory in me.
0: Yeah.
1: Because, right. you know, so why don't I just like start eating ginger at my meals?
0: Yeah, right, right. Don't right.
1: worry about those things when you're eating a clean diet. You're like, holy shit, I feel so great. I don't need to <laughs> take anti-inflammatories anymore because this diet's actually working. Why am I going to spend money in something I don't believe in? Because Joe down the street told me ginger is an anti-inflammatory? Mm. do you have a mentor if you have a mentor then you stick with your mentor's program unless you're going to like stick your heads in the books and get a degree in nutrition and you're going to make your own program otherwise don't listen to joe down the street you trusted your mentor for whatever reason run with it
0: that's brilliant
1: i don't spend money man like why are people spending money on salt himalayan sea salt like don't you why don't you use that money to buy better food yeah (laughs) Like, is it supposed to give you some, like, healing, something healing? It's because they don't believe in natural hygiene.
0: So I think this is a good point. You're talking about, I think what you're talking about a lot is things that you see as misconceptions, mistakes, and whatever. And I'm always really interested in, like, there's a lot of myths in the raw food movement. There's a lot of things that are maybe that when you go on a forum or you go to a meetup, there's things that people say Uh, a lot of people say a lot of people agree with but probably someone like you would know better and would know that that's that a lot of things that people are saying aren't really correct and aren't quite right or some things are kind of misconceptions or whatever do you think there's any anything in particular you can think of that
1: yeah i mean we can make a list of things right now like for first like the whole b12 issue okay so it's like again it's about faith okay i'm not a scientist. Mm-hmm. But there's one thing I am, an economist. <laughs> okay, so how much is B12 gonna cost you? Oh, I don't know. Let's just say it's like a year. It costs you ten bucks to give yourself B12. Ten bucks a year, big deal. Go out and buy the B12. Why not just do it? Because I don't give a crap. I don't give a crap about like what everybody else is doing. I'm working my plan. I'm curious. So someone says, but everybody's saying B12 is, like, necessary for vegans. Who are these everybody's? It's not my mentor. My mentor's doing fine, and he's crushing those other people. He has a family. He gets along with his family. He's a role model to me. He's lifting lots of weight and heavy weights. He's lecturing. He's influencing people. He's putting out YouTube videos. Why isn't he talking about the B12 that, he, that everyone thinks he needs?
0: Can I ask, can I ask then um – that's a good question. Do you do any supplements or anything like that? No, it-
1: not any. I have B12 and my. Someone lived with me and they're like, "Dude, you need to have B12." And I'm like, "Listen, I've been doing this for like ten years and I never had B12." But because like I'll, I'll just entertain you. Let's like get a bottle and see what happens. So I get the bottle and I see what happens. Nothing. I take this stuff. Yeah, when you take that pill, it's like there's a party. Like, man, I'm gonna be Superman today. <laughs> Am I not right? Like you take a pill and it's like there's something in your brain that's like from your past. We've all taken pills and we've all taken medicine. We think it's going to do something for us. Yes. But Who knows? Why not work your program? My program doesn't include taking B12. So I'm working it. If I all of a sudden come down with like symptoms, I'm not going to be like, man, like I'm going to do this until I die. I'm sure I'll (laughs) – (laughs) I should all go to the doctor. I've already gotten my B12 tested. And you know what they told me? Your B12 low. And I said, I knew you were going to say that. And that was like five years ago. And I just continued to just <laughs> go on with my life. So someone's like, you're a fool. Well, like, I feel better than ever. I'm so, happy.
0: Can look can at I, me. Do yeah, I yeah. look
1: like I'm suffering from anything?
0: No. But here's the question. Otherwise. Because you've been doing this for 18 years. So how long have you not done B12 out of interest?
1: Um, I took a B twelve pill because I have it. Like I have the the bottle. I took it maybe a month ago. I took a pill. Yeah. I don't know what made me take the pill. It was probably because I needed B twelve.
0: Yeah. Before, no,
1: before, I have the pills. This is an old bottle that I bought. I worked at a health food store, and the, the health food store is closing. And so the they were like, "Listen, you can get everything for like half price." So I got a, I saw a couple of bottles of B twelve. So that's just like the the consumer in me. I'm like, okay, maybe who knows? I'm sure I'm doing something unusual. Do I have a right to have some fears? Yes. Mm. Could I be mistaken that I'm not taking B12? Yes. I care more about proving my theory though. So for the most part, I don't take the B12 and I don't like go into that place. It's not something that's on Mm. my mind.
0: Well, here's here's an interesting thing. So, um, I've not taken b12 ever as a vegan, right, and I don't know if it was in any of the foods I was eating in terms of like supplemented into it, but as a vegan or a raw vegan, I've never taken it it's 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 just my experiment like i'm I'm not telling other people to do that, and I'm not saying I'd never take b12 but it's it's just where I'm at um, and I know that there's a few people I know that have done like raw vegan hundred percent, and they did it for eight to ten years. And never took B twelve, yeah. and then some of them, I've heard of a couple of people that then had felt they had some symptoms, and then started taking B twelve, and as far as I can see, they've not had any problems. And uh, um, but sometimes I think as well that like like Chris Kendall, for example, so he was saying that he started taking B twelve, but I don't think he really had the symptoms of B twelve deficiency. What because he was talking about like he was getting really angry about certain things and like he was getting frustrated when he was using his computer. And I don't really think that's a symptom of B12 deficiency. I don't know exactly, but um, you know, a lot
1: of wall fooders are still in the medical world. Like they're still thinking like medicinally and, and that's fine, but not me. Like, (laughs) because I have a mentor who, because I'm so close and I go to Dr. Grant's forum and I communicate with him and I learn this program and I take pride in it. I'm running with it. I'm curious. I like the fact that I don't spend money on, okay, so how much is this barley grass powder that people are learning about? <laughs> how much is the bottle?
0: Yeah, I'll go and check that right now. It's a good point. Um,
1: so people were taking this stuff. I mean, let's say you take four, you get four bottles a year. So it's probably going to be like 120 bucks a year.
0: Uh, it's called daily... Daily Green Boost is the one that people are taking quite a lot. Really,
1: that's the one that like Chris takes. God, listen, I love Chris. He's one of my favorite raw fooders. God bless him, and I and I and I think the world of him. I, and I'm not picking on him. I think he takes it. And it's that's like,
0: it's like twenty twenty nine dollars.
1: Okay, so twenty nine dollars
0: for eight
1: ounces. Okay, this is the way I learned about it. Like again. I'm eating fruits and vegetables. We all agree they're the health food. We all know they're the highest in, in vitamins and minerals. I'm not worried about my nutrition.
0: <clears throat> but I'm looking at it. Funny, it's funny, Justin, because I'm looking at the Daily Green Boost, and this is what it says. Vitamins, high potency, vitamin A, vitamin K, good source of B1 and vitamin C. And then it says contains trace amounts of B3, B6, vitamin B12, vitamin E, then it says, excellent source of iron, magnesium, molybdenum, good source of chromium, magnesium, trace amount. So it, to me, I'm looking at that and I'm going, it's not much of a boost. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm looking at that and thinking, okay, it's a good source of vitamin C, but that's not something I'm worried about. Yeah. Uh, you know, a lot of raw vegans actually have a high iron. Some people say that the, the doctors said their iron was too high, like they had a high amount of iron, so iron wasn't an issue. Um, I, I'm not sure, man. I I don't really un, I don't really understand it, but yeah, I think like
1: where do these people even like, it, 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 like they act like they go to some laboratory and they're like studied for like a month there and like they all of a sudden they get this like they know exactly what's going on. It's like when I was growing up I ate Oreos and milk and like I ate turkey sandwiches and like I was I felt amazing. <laughs> I was so good. Now all of a sudden like I'm worried about my nutrition, like I'm eating fruits and vegetables. Like why am I, why am I, why am I concerned?
0: Yeah.
1: I'm so, I'm so thrilled with life. Like, yeah, listen, I'm exaggerating when I say I'm, I'm not necessarily happy all the time. Hell, sometimes I'm like on my knees, like crying. Cause like life is terrible, but I'm not feeling unhealthy. No.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm yeah. so sensitive. That's the, that's the issue. It's like trying to deal with that. That's what's well, hard about life.
0: Well, you know, I,
1: I, I um, Let's talk about, okay, so it's like wheatgrass. Like right. People are going to, like, I worked in a health food store. I, worked, I still work in a cafe. There's no wheatgrass there, but um, there's probably some other drink that people are thinking they're drinking it because it's medicinal. So we'll wheatgrass, and then we'll talk about um, the new craze of uh, the kombucha. Mm -hmm. so the wheatgrass you know people coming in they get the shot of wheatgrass and like man that's disgusting and i'm like i tried it like 15 years ago once and i didn't like the way it tasted. so and then i learned that i don't need it in my diet so there was no reason for me to do it again Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i'm thinking the same thing as i am with you know taking like any supplement like I'm not looking for anything in particular except to eat well, to sit down and and not and to eat a, a satisfying meal. I'm not trying to get any extra effects. Okay, so I'm not trying to clean my blood because I don't even see any blood to clean. I'm. I'm what about things like
0: out? what about things like enemas, colonics? Do you ever do stuff like that? Never. Yeah, yeah. I read
1: Shelton, and Shelton said. Uh, something like mind, like mind your own business and like, you know, mind your butt's business. I don't know what he said. Something. <laughs> Shelton's great to read. If you want to like, he wrote a book called the myth of medicine, which, which Shelton was such a great writer. I have the book. And like, he started off talking about like when, when, when the alphabet was created and like back like thousands of years ago, people started communicating like, I won't get too far into this, but there's something to think about with modern civilization. Like our whole idea of like gods and, 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 and mysticism, it's something to think about related to the medical world. Yeah. You know, there's like people like they're not nearly as active as they were perhaps in, in other times or, or they could be. Mm-hmm. And they've created a lot up here. And I, and I think it, it, to some degree, it's um, it could be a waste of time and money. Like, Okay, so people are like, they're going and drinking these kombuchas. What are they thinking when they're drinking it? It's like, it's going to help their stomach out?
0: Right, right. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people are drinking kombuchas. And okay, it's
1: going to help their stomach out because it has like this bacteria that the mushrooms, like they throw <laughs> this mushroom in there and the mushroom like, ferments and creates this something or another and then they drink it man like the taste of that stuff is disgusting it's fermented and they are drinking they're not drinking it okay so if they're drinking it because it tastes good then great if you have a taste for that that's that's common you know people like alcohol and fermented things but then to think that it's doing something beneficial for your stomach—it's just someone's selling them a line of goods, in my opinion. Like,
0: yeah. So, well, I'd say, Justin, we've we've been talking for over an hour, and I've enjoyed every moment of it. And uh, I just wanna—I uh, just wanna start to maybe wrap up a little bit. But I'd love to do this again because I think you've got way more to say, and I think a lot of people would like to hear more from you. Um, but if, if people would like to learn a bit more about you, or I, I know you've got some videos online. Uh, you've Yeah. You've got, I, I, I don't know if you're happy for me to say this, but you also, you sometimes rent out your room as an Airbnb. So maybe if a raw vegan's in yeah. Miami, they might want to come and hang out with you. Um,
1: yeah, I love that. I love that. I, I am on Airbnb and I have guests here daily, 365 days a year. I don't get raw fooders because I just take in people who find me, but I'd love to have a raw fooder here and to teach somebody. So if anybody happens to be watching me and want to take a vacation in Miami, you can contact me at contact Justin Lelia, contact the word contact and then my full name, Justin Lelia at gmail.com. And I take guests uh, based, you know, I, I, with Airbnb, they they have a way of screening you. But if you do contact me as a friend of Ronnie or as an associate, we'll we'll talk online and we could set something up. And otherwise, I don't run businesses. I'm not consulting in raw foods. But if anyone does want to contact me for any reason, you're welcome to send me an email.
0: Yeah, because you would be a great guy. You know, I, I've got some friends. I think they might be doing something in Florida. You'd be a great guy to have speaking or maybe you don't want to do that, but you'd be a great guy to have at these events to give some advice to the other people there and stuff like that. So,
1: Yeah, I need to get more organized, but I, I, I I mean, obviously I'm passionate about the philosophy and, and and even amongst the raw fooders that have come through Doug's camp, like I I am a little (laughs) different. I, like I said, I'm a fan of Doug Graham's and I work the program. I'm sure we do things differently to some degree, Doug's his own person. But when it comes to the fundamentals of, of like his diet, I don't like use those supplements. I don't take any supplements. I went through that. And I just stick with the food. And I'm not into like anything that's off the list of if you read the 80-10-10 diet, I'm strict about that. And I think that's a good way to, to develop your discipline is like follow something that you believe in and stick with it. If you need to hire a mentor who you believe is on that same path, by all means, do it.
0: Awesome, man. Well, let me just take a brief, uh, a, a brief break to say <clears throat> that uh, if you're looking to learn, uh, anyone that's listening, if you want to learn more about the raw vegan diet, the eight ten ten style, we have a festival in the UK that we talked about a little bit called UK Fruit Fest. And if you want to check it out, it's fruitfest.co.uk. You can go there and join our newsletter for more information. You can listen to more podcasts like this. You can watch some of our videos, and you'd be absolutely welcome to come to the event. And I'm absolutely sure you'll have a wonderful time there. And uh, as Justin's talked about, Doctor Doug Graham will be there speaking, and Christina will be there, Chris Kendall, different people like that will be at the Christina? event. Yeah, absolutely. Who's yeah. the chef? Uh, he's not going to be the chef, but he'll be there, there. Is Robbie coming? Um, probably not. Probably not. Okay. But we'll, we'll 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 see. You, it's gonna be
1: great, man. I tell you, go there. Go mm-hmm. to that UK Fest. That's a if you really are interested in this. You got to be there. I mean, if you're if you're in if you're in, if you're in if you're in Europe, yeah, make it there.
0: So I want to I want to say, Justin, like <clears throat> what I'm getting from this that this is my takeaways from speaking to you today is you talked about commitment. You're talking about faith, and I think that was really, to me, that's really interesting. Like you, you're committed to this. You're committed to the program. You have a clear idea of what you're doing. You're committed to the program. You're committed even beyond what science might tell you or what different people might tell you, because you're saying you have faith in what you're doing, and ultimately, you've got enthusiasm. And I think that that's, uh, I think that's some of the main things. That make you a little bit different to some of the people that that haven't done it is they've heard about it but they never really bought into it. They never really committed. They never just went for it. And I feel like the reason that you got the results and that you've done this for so long is because you decided this is what I'm going to do and I'm committing to it. Yeah,
1: I had to pick something.
0: <laughs> let's talk about let just just before we finish off. Like, let's talk about your bowling. We did a little. We played a little bit of bowling, and and yeah. why is that something you've got into? What's the, because you you were teaching me stuff, and I realized that there's more to bowling than I realized. And, uh tell how did you get into that, and what, what did you think about that as a pastime?
1: Well, growing up, um, my my mom and dad, they were um, both healthy, and and we had a good uh, like a good house in the suburbs. And I was always privy to athletics. I have an older brother. So we we had, my dad bought a weight set growing up. So my brother was lifting weights and we were constantly boxing and wrestling. And then I had a a bunch of neighbors who one was a great football player and the other one was a great soccer player. So growing up, I had all these influences of athletics. And my dad would take us to hockey games. And so all my life, I'm playing sports. And like I said, I got injured. So here I am, I'm older, I'm in my 40s. And I'm still, like, I'm still an athlete. So I'll follow basketball, and I somehow I've been corresponding with Dr. Graham all these years, and I'm on his forum, and he's constantly putting up his numbers online about, like, how much he's lifting and, like, when he's competing. And Yeah. It's fascinating to see, like, somebody talk about competition. You know, if you're constantly, like, if your mentor is a competitor, they're going to rub off on you. So I somehow – wound up at the bowling alley when I would go on dates, if I had a date with somebody or when I would go, had a girlfriend, I'd go to the bowling alley and we bowl together just to, for kicks. Mm-hmm. And then I realized like, wow, this is fun. And, and I could see how uh, people get into this. And there was someone at the bowling alley who encouraged me to join a league, even though I wasn't good. And her name is Lois. I'm still friendly with her. Uh-huh. And so I'm, I'm, i would go to the bowling alley and practice weekly. And then, dr graham started patting me on the back and saying great i love bowling too and like you know what was your what's your average and i was like i don't even know if, like what that means you know and then before you know it he's like feeding me lingo and saying like teaching me like a little bit about <laughs> bowling. and then there i am i'm like wow four years later i bowled in like you know two leagues at a time sometimes i bowl all year round in leagues and different types of leagues and I practiced for hours on the weekend, and I took lessons with a guy who was on TV about twenty times and who's won millions of dollars. And I've taken lessons from local heroes, and wow. um, yeah, I've like just like I just totally committed to it. Like, it's the same. Yeah,
0: you basically have my
1: head around it. The last thing I was thinking about was like whether or not I'm getting enough B12 or, vitamin <laughs> or like I'm, I'm just I'm focused on something that's fun and interesting and I'm at the bowling alley and even like four years into this looking at my bowling I'm, I'm not nothing special. I'm not a great bowler in, by any standards but I'm a lot better than I was and that's all you can really ask for. You know, like if you get into raw foods and like, you know, maybe you can't stay raw, like, trust me, in four years from now, if you're committed, you're going to be able to stay raw more often if you have some, the right yeah. people in your life, you know, like whether yeah. it be coaches or yeah. friends. An that's why the festivals are so important.
0: There's an interesting thing there, Justin, where you, where you talked about how Doug was asking you, about your average, like, and that's his, that's, I think that that's part of his success as well, how, why he's so effective with people is that he's looking at numbers and statistics and he's, he's measuring things and he's measuring his progress, which is what an athlete does and what like a, a coach does. And he, he applied that to raw foods and no one had ever really applied that to raw foods. They were just saying, well, as long as it's raw, you know, eat raw and, you know, but, he was—he basically looked at the numbers and made it make sense, and and uh, it's like it's, he kind of applied that to his coaching and with with the bowling. It's the same thing. It's like you
1: yeah, a lot of things. Yeah, he's very—he's very savvy with math and he's very technical. When it comes to, with, I mean, I'm not not to continue the labor about Doug, but when it comes to fitness, that guy is world class fitness instructor.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Like you go to his event and you think you're gonna learn about food and then you leave there and you're like, holy cow, like just like that guy was amazing. Like he was like great at everything. Like fitness wise. It's like he doesn't even advertise that really. Like, you know, like you go to his like when you when I went to Health and Fitness Week, he was like outdoing guys who were like professionals like in certain areas, like in like like there was like guys who were really fit and he was stronger than them. He could do different things. And I was like, wow, man. And a great teacher too. Yeah. But
0: you got to be analytical if you want to be successful. Absolutely. So, you
1: know, it, you know I mean,
0: anyway, just what I want to get to though is ultimately before we finish today, what would be, what's the, any final thoughts, Any anything that you want to get on off your chest or for, for people out there that are looking for this message? What's your, your your message for them?
1: Um it's it's um it takes time, you gotta be patient with this, but but don't if you have the ability to spend money and get help, it's worth it. This raw food diet is amazing and it's worth investing in.
0: Period. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. And as you've probably heard already, guys, if you wanna Get in touch with Justin, even if you want to go and hang out in Miami with him, if if you're going there. Uh, (laughs) was it contact Justin Lelia, L-E-L-I-A?
1: Yeah,
0: at gmail.com. Gmail.com. You can can contact him there. He's got some videos on YouTube as well. You can search for those. Uh, I remember he used to do foraging videos where you were going out and getting jackfruit and stuff like that in your local community, and that was pretty cool. Um,
1: Yeah, you can find me online. You can find me on Instagram too.
0: Absolutely. So thanks a lot, Justin, for today. Thanks, everyone, for listening and watching. Please share this with other people you think might be interested. I think a lot of people will get something out of this. And if you want to come to the Fruit Festival, check find out more at fruitfest.co.uk. Thank you very much for listening and watching, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Love Fruit podcast. Thank you very much.